Driving Down One morning I awoke to a world of white. Snow was thick on the ground and thick in the air, and everything was fine, except for one thing, that my car was still up there with me, and already the snow was too deep to drive through. At worst, I told myself I could buy another car, a cheap, ratty old clunker that would carry me through just the one winter. At best, the sun would come out and melt some of this snow so that I could drive out. I had snow tires on, but that was laughable when the snow was above the bumper. One other faint hope. If a four-wheel drive vehicle would come up and make tracks. The car was parked close to the top of a slope, and I wouldn't have to dig more than a few yards to get it moving, if there were any hope in moving. It was two days later that I heard a four-wheel drive vehicle come up the road just as I was hearing on the radio that a more serious snow was due to come in late that afternoon. I could see the cloud coming over the divide. The time was now, and I started digging around my car, and as I dug, I heard the four-wheel drive vehicle drive down again. Good, I thought. That's two runs of tracks on the road, and I'll be the third. I managed with a lot of digging to make a passage to the tracks on the road. Sugar rode beside me, and we were ready for anything. I knew that if I ever stopped rolling the whole way down, there would probably be no way to get moving again. The car started up, got onto the road, and I heard the bottom scraping on the snow, but the wheels fit into the tracks, and all I had to do was keep those wheels exactly on those tracks for three and a half miles while I kept the power just right so that it wouldn't skid, wouldn't spin, and, oh, please, wouldn't stop. It took a lot of concentration. Sugar was sitting upright, quietly concentrating beside me, having faith in me as I had had faith in her on that rainy day when she led me down the mountain. I was sweating as I drove in the cold, and it was a long journey driving in that way. But the miracle happened. I burst through into Eldora, parked the car, patted it lovingly, and walked back into the blizzard. More snow coming down, wind rising, snow filling the car tracks I had just made. Sugar and I danced with delight up into the winter. We were as prepared for the winter as we needed to be. Our home was up there, and as the sunlight faded, we knew we had participated in a miracle. Numerous people have asked me, What? You walked back up into the blizzard? How could you? Why would you? It's really to answer that question that I write this book. You know, I thought it was clear. Our home was there, I said, but that doesn't seem to do the job. The next question is, why on earth is your home there for the love of God? And yes, I say, for the love surely of nature, of the place. That year, we were even prepared with enough food and firewood, with a cover on the spring, a cozy cabin in the place where we wanted to be. But why, they say, did you make your home there? How can you stand to be all alone? I'm not sure what all alone means. Many of my friends live alone in town, 
and town is a much more dangerous place than the 4th of July Canyon. I'm grumbling now. The more people who agree in not understanding my life up there, the more I realize that this book should be written, if only so that some of those people could see how one gets along in the wilderness. It is, after all, the real world.